just welcome him in this place. Welcome his perfect work and entire divine work in you. Lord, we praise you for your hand of compassion and love upon each and every one of us. Upon those, Father, at home, those watching by internet, those who have been battling things in their bodies, we thank you that you are the Lord, our healer. We thank you that you are the Lord, our peace. Thank you that you are the Lord, our righteousness. We glorify and exalt the name of Jesus. We thank you for the power that's in your name to free every captive and every form of bondage and stronghold upon the minds and hearts. Lord, you said you desire that your house be a place where the people can come and feed. That you will build them up till there'll be no more wanting, lacking, or needy, not one among us. Because you're the God of completion. And I pray as we end this year that there is a spirit of divinity upon each and every one. The divine spirit of Christ Jesus is upon each and every one of us. And there is a completion. As we get ready to go into this new cycle, this new year. I think there's a completion of the old being renewed. Thank you, Father, for your perfect work. We love you and we exalt you this night. We thank you for the privilege and the honor of coming in your presence and magnify you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're turning, you turn to the person next to you. Just tell them that I love you in the love of the Lord and I bless you. Just bless them. Oh, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Mighty Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Just bless them. Just bless them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're glad you're here tonight. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Uh, anybody visiting us for the first time? Anybody at all? We want to welcome you. Glad you're here. Um, want to make a few announcements. The uh, Gracetown Kids Christmas Play Practice uh, is tomorrow, December 7th at 7 o'clock. And then SWAT Christmas Fellowship. Uh, you can see Sister Kay about that. There you are. Um, 6.30, and uh, you can see about that Christmas, what is it, Christmas party, fellowship? Oh, okay. I'm going to Jeannie's house. Okay, and that's December 12th. You can see Sister Kay about that. Then crop Christmas party, you got anything you want to say about that? Just, it's a Saturday at 6 o'clock. Uh, bring plenty of food for Brother Daryl. And then uh, C20 Christmas party, that's our college. They'll be meeting December 14th at 6.30. You can see Sister Joy. You look her up on the website. And then uh, I see here the Christian, Christian Couples Connection. Uh, Rick and Kathy's not here tonight, but uh, they're going to Natchitoches December 19th at 3 o'clock to uh, see the fireworks. Also, we need refreshments for the 20th. We're having our Christmas production. It's going to be awesome, so I want to encourage you about that. And in the foyer is a sign-up sheet, so you can sign that and... And uh, we'll have a real good time for uh, refreshments for that and uh, be blessed. I want to read to you out of Isaiah chapter 64. 
Isaiah chapter 64. We just thank God there's not, not one sick or feeble among us. My wife's not here. She went to get my mother-in-law out of the hospital. Thank God she's going home after an attack of bronchitis. Uh, I think she was faking, but anyway, uh, she's on her way home, and um, so thank God for that. Her brother Roland, they don't fake, do they? No. So anyway, uh, you don't, you don't want, you're not going to fake to go eat hospital food, I don't think. Anyway, she's doing great, so we just praise God. Back to her old self. Isaiah 64, verse 1. How many know we're to make our boast in the Lord? Amen. God is the greatest. It says, oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down. How many know that God will move anything he has to move to get involved in your life and change circumstances? That the mountains might shake at your presence. That's in the presence of who whose we stand right now is the presence of God. It says, as fire burns brushwood and fire causes water to boil, to make your name known. Say that with me. To make your name known to your adversaries. There is just something about every day you need to be speaking the name of Jesus and making the power of that name known to the adversaries that come around you. His name is the name above all names. This says to make your name known to your adversaries, to the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down, the mountain shook at your presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. How many are waiting for him? God is getting ready to act. And it goes on to say, you meet him who rejoices. Whoa, there's a key. You meet him who rejoices. This God that causes anything that's any hindrance, anything that stands in your way to rip at the very presence. The God who is the owner of the name Christ Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. The God omnipotent and almighty who's ready to meet and his presence is so awesome and words cannot explain the power of his glory. He's ready to meet, but he's ready to meet with a person who rejoices. I shared with you this morning the word upset means to force out of position, to overturn, to throw into disorder and to defeat unexpectedly. How many watched the Saints game today? How many of you know it had to go into overtime because there was something unexpectedly that's going to happen. They were going to win because it looked pretty bad there for a while, but they just didn't give up, so they had to go into overtime, and guess what? We're 12-0. and 0. Amen. Well, I, want, amen. I just want you to know some of you in your lives are in overtime. You thought it was over just because the time clock went out and the sand dial was reversed. But the Lord says, I'll cause time to go back because I'm not through doing what I'm doing on your behalf. And it's in the presence of God that his name may be known. And that word joy means of something that upsets the plans of hell. When a person learns to rejoice, God meets with you. And it means in the, in the Hebrew, it upsets the plans of God. One of the definitions it gave in a commentary was that it's like being a party crasher. The devil just took it for sure that he was coming against you, that you got a bad report, 
And that you were going to start moaning and crying and complaining like you always do. And he was calling all of his devils together, just like they did at the cross. And they were going to have a party and they were going to rejoice. He's dead, he's dead, he's whining, she's whining. They're all complaining. Everything looks like it's just going downhill. Let's just listen for them to say they wish they were dead. Let's just listen to them to say there's no sense in fighting. Let's just listen for them to say it's over. Let's just listen to them get mad like Job and tell them, let's, let's, let's hear them curse God. Let's afflict them till we hear them curse God. And when the devil expecting to have a party because of something negative coming out of your mouth all of a sudden you start rejoicing in God you start praising him and the word their joy means to throw into confusion the enemy and when you start praising God the enemy just starts going wait a minute it's not supposed to work this way they're supposed to be crying they always cry they're supposed to be complaining they always complain they're supposed to be on their phone with their friends going oh you don't know how bad my life is what's going on and the enemy is thrown into confusion because instead of crying you start praising and exalting the name of Jesus and he brings the presence of God down Paul said in everything rejoice and again I say rejoice one of the things the Word wants to teach us is that in all times, under all circumstances, to learn to rejoice because that is the God who comes down. It says, you meet Him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In all these ways we continue. We need to be saved. How many know He sent us a Savior? So I want to encourage you tonight, this week, no matter what you feel, what you're going through, don't forget to praise him in the midst of the storm. Be the rock that sticks out of the water. Lord, I worship you and I praise you and I glorify your name. I thank you that your name is above every name. I praise you right now that your presence is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Therefore, sickness and disease, pain, trouble in my joints, in my, in my organs, in every part of my body. The report of the doctor, the report of the boss, the report of the government. Lord, I, we shall not be moved because we are planted like trees by the rivers of living water. We praise you for the divine presence of God that causes the enemy to be thrown in confusion because we have made up our mind in all everything and under all circumstances to rejoice in the Lord for the joy of the Lord is our strength because when we rejoice in you the source of all strength comes into our being and it causes us and enables us to be stronger strong in the Lord and the power of his might so I praise you for that mighty working dunamis power alive in each and everyone's heart and mind and spirit I praise you that there is a spirit of, of courage raising up on the inside of your body. That no matter how gloomy it looks and the world tries to describe the times, we know that you are still king over this time and you are king over this year and you are king over oh, 2010. And we expect to see the glory of the Lord risen upon us because we will arise and shine. We will arise in your presence and we will rejoice in you. So Father, I thank you for blessing your people. I thank you for answering their prayers. And I thank you that we are learning to be a people of worship and praise. To have our encounter with the presence of God. What the world cannot look upon. What our eyes have not even seen yet. We shall see and behold the salvation of our King. And we give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. With us just come forward. We're going to receive tonight's offerings and tithe. We bless you. We love you. Thank God that we praise God for your victory, amen. And we praise God that the good work he started, he will finish. Don't give up, don't quit, don't get discouraged. We come against discouragement. The blues are gone and the hallelujahs are here. God bless you in Jesus' name, amen.
think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me up with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how He picked me up and turned me around, how He's placed my feet on solid ground. Makes me wanna shout, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the
Hallelujah. Come on and praise Him. Hey. Hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah, somebody. Oh, that makes you want to shout, amen? Hallelujah. Man, that's better than the saints. We are the saints. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. That's what the Holy Ghost is talking about. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you here tonight? Hallelujah. You better start shouting because I'm preaching on lukewarmness. So, hallelujah. You better start a fire somewhere. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Let's go to the book of Revelation. So we've been studying the letters that are prophetic warnings and challenges to the church to meet the challenges that are coming and that are here. Seven revelations of what the body, individuals, what churches can confront. And there are challenges to come, but thank God we can be prepared. Amen. The day of Christ. Will come in the twinkling of an eye, but we can be prepared. And that's what he's doing to us. And so these are instructions, safeguards, prophetic letters for his body. Each letter to the church represented challenges that confront the church. I've shared with you the other letters which spoke of works that cost a relationship with God. How many you know you're not going to go anywhere unless we have a relationship with God? And there are works that take over a true relationship, heartfelt relationship. Then another thing we were warned about was the pressure of conflicting circumstances and persecution and how to handle persecution that will come. And then we also learned about the deceived church. The enemy got in and wants to move the church and the people off the path. Then we read about the worldly church to compromise with the world and with the word. We read about religious traditions that are more important than God's word. And then we read, last uh, time we were together, we studied about the church of Philadelphia, which was the faith word church. And so tonight we want to go to Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. And this is the last letter, and we want to read it tonight. Laodicea, the lukewarm church. And I want you to see here in chapter 3, verse 14, in the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things say the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and become wealthy and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you. To buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich in white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve. You can pray that. How many of you know you can put your eyes upon your eyes before you do, do your devotions and pray that your eyes be anointed with the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit as you read the Word of God that you may see, as it says here. Verse 19 says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. How many are planning on sitting now on that throne with Jesus Christ? 
Man, what an awesome time and a privilege it's going to be to where we're going to be raised with Him and to rule and reign with Him throughout eternity. But there's a price and there's a call. And I, I know that you're here tonight. You paid the price to come tonight because you go, you're willing to pay the sacrifice about whatever it needs to be what Christ has called us to be. Let me just share a few things with you. I shared in the past that the church in Sardis was known as one of the wealthiest churches. But I also shared with you that it had got robbed and it was rebuilding its wealth but it never got to the point where it had got before and so they were living in the past but what we're going to read tonight about the Laodicea is that it was the richest city it was a place of commerce and there was abundance of everything kind of sounds like America there was abundance of everything therefore it was easy for people to get comfortable people to get lazy spiritually and people just to take Things for granted and not to continue with that first love. And that's what they're warning us about here. It talks about uh, compromise and lukewarmness against the zeal of God. We read in verse 16 and 15, if you're taking notes, that uh, the church became lukewarm. And he said, repent and get zealous about the things of God. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write down that lukewarmness is not acceptable before God. Now, Sister Cindy Furman just went through her ordeal about the car wreck. And, um, the, she went through a rough time in, in being uh, nauseated. And how many of you have ever been nauseated? And it's a miserable feeling. Anybody's ever been nauseated? I mean, it is just, it, it, it's just a sick feeling. You, you've been nauseated. Anybody's never been nauseated? Never been nauseated? Well, I want you to get an image here. That when we're cold and lukewarm before God... What you feel when you're nauseated is what God feels. When our praise is, is just with the lips and not from the heart. When we're reading the word, but we don't, we're thinking about something else while we're reading it. He, he feels nauseated when we're just going through the motions and it's not the real thing. That's what he's saying here. I, I, have the, I feel the need. I feel like I want to vomit because what I'm sensing, the aroma I'm sensing is not of pleasure, not of desire, not of love. It's of works and it's going through the motions. And really, it talks about being a hypocrite. And so he's warning the church about be careful about uh, being lukewarm. And that word lukewarm means being, not being on fire. And there's another, I want you to take notes, this is interesting. Not only about it's not being on fire, but I want you to take notes. It means not willing to take risk. Not willing to take a risk. Well, you know, I'm, I, I just don't know if, if uh, I want to go talk to that person about Christ. Because what if, they re, what if they deny or what if they cut me down? I don't know if I ought to tell those people, I'm tired of them cussing around me and my kids and I want them to please respect that my, ch my children and not say those words anymore. Sometimes it's, it's, it's a taking a risk and doing something, maybe helping somebody out, giving to somebody. So that, luke, that when you're lukewarm, you're not willing to take any risk. It means self-dignity and pride, not having a humble spirit. It means not to be enthusiastic. I mean, we love when our loved ones are enthusiastic about our gifts and our children are enthusiastic about our gifts. Well, how many of you know that the Father wants to see that we are enthusiastic? Every time we come into the house of God, David said, I'd rather just be a doorkeeper of the house of God than anything else. I just want to just be in His presence, bask in His presence, worship Him and praise Him. And that's what it's talking here about just being enthusiastic about God. How many want to be enthusiastic about God? How many want to be enthusiastic about God? How many of you know that it, lukewarm people say, you're too loud. Why don't you calm down? 
Well, why do we have to worship like this? Why do we have to dance like this? Why do we have to raise our hands? What's all this all about? It's called enthusiasm. It means we believe. We really believe what we say we believe. Amen. And so it means being enthusiastic. On fire is the purpose and the will of God. Being enthusiastic about the word. Oh, did you, do you know what? I read this week. Do you know what the Spirit told me? And just sharing the word. I got excited about the word. And about I've had, I had a prayer time with God. And the Holy Spirit visited me this week. And so it's about being enthusiastic about coming to prayer on Tuesday nights. Hallelujah. And ready to pray. It's about coming to church on Wednesday nights and studying the book of Romans. That the Holy Spirit breathed and inspired. That every word in this word has been breathed and inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I want to get everything that I can get. It means about being enthusiastic on fire by the Holy Spirit. And this is the thing. He says, I'd rather you be cold or hot than lukewarm. And, and if you're wondering what that means, I'm, uh, take, take these notes. Anybody, and, and you know by, by the snow and everything we've had here lately, anybody who's cold knows how to warm up. He said, I'd rather you be cold and know you're cold but yet know how to warm yourself up than be lukewarm and think that you've got everything under control and that you're okay just like you are and don't know that you're lukewarm and that you need to get closer to the fire. That word cold there means that uh, someone who knows their code, that at least they know that they can get by the fire. Someone who's cold knows they need to change. Someone who's lukewarm thinks everybody else Needs to change. Critical spirit. Judgmental spirit. And so we've got to be careful that we're not lukewarm. That well you know I don't think they're doing right. I don't think that's the right type of message. I don't think that's the right type of worship service. I don't think that's the way it ought to be in church. Always critical and looking for something. You're lukewarm. And it need, the Bible says you need to repent. And so they, they, they uh, know they need to change. A, a person who's cold know that they are away from God. He says, I can work with somebody who knows they're away from me than someone who thinks they're close to me and they're not. They're fooling themselves. They're just going through the motions. So you can see the difference here between lukewarm and, and cold. A lukewarm Christian thinks he's all right and doesn't know that he's out there or that he's off. May we ever be crying out, and, and, and we need it constantly. Uh, myself, uh, people tell me things uh, about, you know, hey, it was a great message, this and that, the other. I always tell them, look, just keep praying for me. I, I covet the prayers. You should be coveting the prayers and, and wanting prayers and wanting to listen to the word and getting worship and tapes because one of the things we need to do constantly is be praying, Lord, give us a discerning heart. Help me see you. If there, try me. And if there be any wicked way, there be anything that's not pleasing you, give me a discerning heart if I'm off in any area. Give me a discerning heart if, if I've been slowly edging off of the right path that's not the right way. Lord, I want to stay on the right path. I want to stay pleasing your sight. I want to stay on the right way. I want to make sure my heart's right. Before I go speak to someone, before I pray, what, before I worship, I want to, before I get into my ministry, whatever my ministry is, whether it's youth or children or worship, I want to make sure that my heart is right. And so these are areas we've got to pray for discernment in any type of volunteer situation, ushers and greeters, all these type of areas. We've got to get our heart right and make sure that we're doing everything as unto the Lord and not to man. So a lukewarm, lukewarm Christian doesn't know that he gets off. The problem with lukewarm Christians is that they're a plague. They go around other Christians and they're able to say, think that they see what's wrong with other Christians without being able to examine and see there's something wrong with themselves. 
Cold people don't mix. When a person's backslidden, they'll come in 20 minutes late and leave five minutes early. A cold person knows they're cold. A lukewarm person has all the answers for everybody. Let me help you. Let me tell you what you're doing wrong. Let me tell you this and that and the other. And yet there's no fruit in their life. And so a cold people do not mix, but lukewarm people do. And lukewarm people are hypocrites. And he says they give out counsel, thinking that they know what they're speaking about, but they don't. And so we've got to pray, Lord. You know, it, how many of you know you want to listen to somebody who's excited about what they're talking about? Amen? You want to talk to somebody who that you know that, that they may not be perfect. None of us are perfect, but at least you know that they're doing their best and they want to live for the Lord the best that they can. And, and the Lord wants to look for people who have zeal. Now, I want to share something with you. I want to give you this example. Take, for example, you're going through the mall. And you pass in front of that store, Hot Topic. And you pass in front of that store, Hot Topic, and we'll say this. And I know you've thought it if you didn't say it. Boy, there's a lot of weird kids in there. They got weird, weird kids in there. They got weird clothes in there. They got weird music in there. They got weird posters in there. And you pass by and you see kids with spike hair and different colored hair. And you see all these wild clothes. And you see these t-shirts that have people being hung, hung by different stuff. And these t-shirts are crazy and wild and the colors are wild. Have you ever looked in Hot Topic? A little, uh, only two are, are, have you ever seen people come out of Hot Topic? It's pretty wild. But let me share this with you. They are so zealous about what they wear and how they wear it that they don't care what people think or what people say. They'll come out of that store with bracelets with nails and collars that look like dog tags. They'll come out with boots and chains and they'll come out of there and a lot of time adults will go, whoa, would you look at that? And they freak out. But you know what? They're so zealous about what they're into. They've got their identification in that zone. They're so far out there and they're so into their zone that they're zealous. Of, they're so zealous about who they are and identifying with, with that style that they don't worry about what people think. And so they become greater influences than the comfortable, got it all together people in the church. Because you see, we're zealous about everybody else's problems and failures and that's a sinner and that's not right and that's evil. And they're zealous because they have a camaraderie in what they wear and what other people wear and they feel connected to one another. And guess what? They've got a greater influence in the church because they have a zeal that we don't have. We go to church because it's the thing to do on Sunday morning it's the thing to do on Sunday night. They're sold out to what they believe in. They're sold out, and they, they got this spirit that's contagious, and so they're influencing. And you look at people on Hollywood, and you look at people who are singing on MTV and all these other things, and these music awards. They got the wildest outfits. They got the wildest props. They got the wildest lights. They got the wildest clothes. I mean, they are so far out there. But you know what? They're influencing the multitudes because they have a zeal about what they're selling. They have a zeal 
about their identity. Even though they may lack identity, they still have an identity of something. And you can see the people in the world who may be cold and may be indifferent. But yet, when they're sold out and they're zealous about what they believe, a lot of times it puts the church to shame. Because we're zealous about what we don't believe in. But a lot of times we're not acting like we're zealous about what we do believe in. They go in that store and they already know and they're already expecting what they're going to get. We go to church and we're just going and, you know, well, I'm just, you know, doing my duty. Oh, it's time to sing. Okay, well, let me sing. Oh, yeah. I want to think about it. Oh, it's time for the word. Okay, well, I don't even have my Bible. I don't even have my notebook. Hello? Why bring my Bible? I've heard it all. Why worry about singing? The presence of God is so real. I'm just going to stay there and I'm just going to drink it in. I'm not going to have to participate. I'll let everybody else do it and I'll just enjoy. I'll sit on the sidelines. And Jesus is saying, that causes me nausea. I want to vomit up. I just have that sickening feeling. Instead of receiving the praises and the love, and they are excited about singing every note to me, every song to me. They're excited about being another opportunity to play their instruments for me. They're excited about another opportunity to read my word. They're excited about another opportunity to praise me. Oh, they have, they have an opportunity to raise their voices unto me. They have opportunity to say, praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, glory to the Lord Almighty. He reigns and he rules. They have an opportunity to bring their kids and their kids or get another opportunity to get the word of God and have something done in their life. But no. Let's just stay in the middle. No more risk. No, let's don't be loud. Let's not worry about being influenced to the place that we are influencers in the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel like the Holy Spirit's giving me a word, but you know what? If I go up to that person and say, I feel like God's giving me a word for you, you're going you're to tag me fanatic and crazy and loco, so I'll just keep the word to myself, and I won't tell you what the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you. Therefore, I'll disobey the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will back away, and I will grow cold and lukewarm. Because I'd rather protect my identity than move out in the Holy Spirit. I mean, no, this is a warning of the church. This is a warning to the church. Let's start another committee. Let's start another board. Let's do everything we can to try to get things right instead of going to the Holy Spirit who's supposed to be ruling the church anyway. Amen. Aren't you glad I'm talking to the internet and not you? Y'all can help me a little bit, though. Amen. Cold people don't mix. They, they, they know they're wrong. Lukewarm people get in, give out counsel, tell what they think. Zeal is about desire. And four out of the six churches, the Holy Spirit writes letters to the churches about their desire. And, the thing, and there's a major revelation in the area to cultivate desire. Let me give you a little bit more definition on the word zeal. The word zeal also means fire and intense fervor. Intense fervor. And write this down, it means intense desire. It's translated in the Greek, intense desire is translated in the Greek, white hot. Not red hot, but white hot. 
And when you read about it, what it means, white hot, is so hot that it drives the impurities away, but at the same time, it draws the good things to it to build it up. And when we're white hot, full of zeal about the things of God, the devil, the thoughts, the imaginations don't have the power and cannot penetrate the good thoughts we're having in Christ and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that we're, we're, we're moving in the Holy Spirit, we're praying in the Holy Spirit, we're reading the Word of God, we're fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, we're, we're desiring a move of God, we're desiring a revival. We're not complaining about there's no parking place, we're not complaining about there's no chairs, we're not complaining about it's more more and more difficult to find a place the line to get our children in church is more and more difficult we're praising God that there's a move of God that there are souls getting saved a lot of times we got people today we had at least eight people get saved with all kind of histories and stories and it's like let's give the Lord praise and and you know looking around and all that that that's lukewarmness we need to be joining in with the angels and praise the name of the Lord. Someone else has declared the name of Jesus Christ and accepted them as king of kings. Somebody else has been rescued from the fires of hell and their names in the Lamb's book of life. That is something worth praising God for and glorifying God about that the devil has lost another and another and another and another. The devil's losing and we're gaining ground. That white heart pushes away the evilness. And draws the presence of God. And that's where we can learn something. Pastor, I don't know why the same type of men come unto me. Well, maybe you're not hot enough to where the Spirit of God on you repels those type of men. I don't know why those same type of women are always coming on to me. I don't know why I keep falling in love with the same type of woman. Well, maybe you don't have enough of the Spirit of Christ to repel that which is not accepted by God so that the Spirit of Christ within you can accept what is of God. Hello? I don't know why things aren't working out for me. Why do I keep running through the same situations and problems? Well, maybe you're not hot enough and zealous enough about the things of God to where you could be white hot repelling the spirit of Christ in you repelling that which is away Jesus said the evil one came and had to leave because he found nothing in me there was such an anointing it repelled the evilness but it drew the angels in the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's the bride that's the body of Christ amen so we, we want to be like that we don't want to be stagnant or lukewarm in fact, lukewarmness is considered an abomination of, uh, uh, from God. It says in verse 17 there, in, in Revelation chapter 3, it says, Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You need to write this down. Zeal comes with the knowledge that I have a need. You write that down. Zeal grows with the knowledge of how needy I am. He says, you are lukewarm because you don't see the, the, the depth of the need that you're in. The formation of a desire is in seeing the need of something. You know, someone, for example, someone's sick in their body. And, 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 and you know, we've known, you and I, we've known a lot of people that got a report here in Alexandria that you've got cancer. 
And so they tell you what they want to do here in Alexandria, but wait a minute, that's not good enough. I want to be healed, and I don't want nobody second-guessing when they start cutting in my body. So I'm going to go to Houston. I'm going to go to that uh, cancer ward in Houston, or I'm going to bring my child to St. Jude's because they diagnosed my child this way here. But I have such a desire to make sure that they're going to do the right work on my child that I'm just not going to take it granted from this doctor. I'm going to get a second, a third, and if I have to, I love my child. And I love my child so much that money's not an issue. If I get a God, I have to get a third mortgage on my house, we're talking about my child here. We're talking about his life. We're talking about him living another year or two and, and finding out what would be the best medicine and who would be the best doctor. And when someone is really sick, sick and somebody is really needy, you, you, you're going to go all out to try to find. You, you, there's such a need that that need creates a stronger desire than the need. And the bigger the desire, the stronger the need. And so I need to find some more answers. I need to make sure I get the best help I could possibly get for my child because I love my child and my child is not going to be taken out of this life so I'm going to find the best help the, the greater the, the need the greater the desire and many times that's what it's saying right here you've got so much you don't see your need therefore you have no desire you can get by we could just walk on we can just do okay like we're doing. We're happy like we are. But you cannot see, and he talks about the eye salve. You cannot see how much more I have for you. You cannot see that greater glory. You cannot see that where the worship is now is nothing comparison to where what I'm going to bring it to. You cannot see now where this church is and the different ministries and the volunteers and the marriages and the homes. You cannot see. You're just existing. But you cannot see that you're blind and you're naked. And it says there in verse 17, you don't see that you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind and you're naked. You just say, I'm okay. You know, this is just life. And, and you know, praise God. I love God and God loves me. I know I'm a Christian. You hear that so much. I know I'm a Christian. Well, how about people be able to say, I know he's a Christian. I know she's a Christian just the way they're living. The greater the desire, the greater the need, the greater the desire. And when we pray and we get close to the Holy Spirit, we need to be asking the Holy Spirit, is, what is the need in my soul? What is the need in my life? It's not, about, it's not about just me, and it's not about just getting along with certain people. It's not about just being part of a certain group. It's not even about being with a certain clique of people. It's about walking hand in hand in communion with the Holy Spirit, being able to hear His voice and, and know that there's a relationship and there, there's something heart-to-heart -heart going on between me and the Spirit of God that's on the inside of me. My mind is being renewed by the Spirit of God, so I see that there's a need in my life. I see that I have grown cold in areas of my prayer life. I seen, Lord, I see it now. I've grown cold in areas of reading the word. I see now that, Lord, I've gotten more excited about certain things than I do about you. That I can holler for this, but I can't holler for you. That I can sing for this, but I can't sing for you. That I can visit for this, but I can't visit for you. That I can help with this, but I cannot help for you. I see now that there are some areas missing. So when I see the need, there's a desire that's supposed to grow to bring me to the point of being hot. That I want to change, and I see that I need to change. And 
the more that I see the need, the more that the desire and the zeal is going to grow inside of me. I don't want to go on anymore in life just saying, I'm a Christian. I want to go on saying, I'm a victorious son, anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know that God is with me everywhere that I go. And there's something, there's fire shut up on the inside of my bones. But it won't come by itself. It won't come by just going to church. I have to see my need. Lord, I'm lukewarm. And I don't want to be nauseated before you. Oh, I don't want to give you a sense that you're not the first in my life. I want to see things changed in my life. And so whatever, the greater the need, that means the greater the desire. How many of you know when you have a desire, you watch people and... uh, You see people change their shoes because there's such a desire to find the right comfortable shoe because their feet hurt so bad. So they change the type of shoes to better be more comfortable to walk in. Or they change the type of clothes to be more comfortable. There's such a desire for relief that you'll get on the internet or you'll go to a store and you'll get new insoles And you'll get new shoes, and you'll find everything you can because I've got this problem with my foot, and I need some relief. I can't walk the mall anymore. I can't walk through the parking lot. It's getting harder and harder for me to sit. I need a better back brace. Uh, I've got this. I've got this and that and the other. I've got to find some relief. And when you want relief that bad, how many of you know you will go through all kind of investigations to find the right insole and shoe? You just will pay any price for relief for whatever position you're in. Won't you? We'll do anything. I just have to have some relief. I'll get me a numbered mattress. I'll get me an astronaut mattress. I just want, listen to this one. I just want some sleep. I've got to sleep. I'll get me a water bed again like in the 70s and I'll get a black light and some posters. I'll do whatever I have to. But I just want some sleep. Have you ever been there? I just have to have some sleep. I just have to have some relief. I just have to have relief from this pain. Well, that's what the Lord is looking for in the area of our spirit and our heart. I just have to change my attitude towards my personal time with God. Lord, when I read the word, I'm thinking about the weather while my eyes are going over the words, but my heart's not receiving anything. I go to church, but I'm wondering who's one or what's going on and what somebody else is going doing and where's so-and-so, why aren't they here tonight? And my mind's going a hundred other directions and I'm not listening to one thing that's being preached or taught. So I see, I see a need. So I got to get a desire to make a plan. Every time my mind starts wondering, I'll reread the verse. Every time my mind starts wondering... I'll read two verses, the verse before it and the verse that I lost it with my mind. If I end up reading all seven chapters and I cannot think of one thing that I read, I will reread all seven chapters. My desire is growing because of my need. And Lord, I want you to see that I am serious about getting this fixed. 
He says you're naked, you're poor, you're blind, you're needy, you're miserable, and you don't even see it. You're lukewarm, you're comfortable, because you have need of nothing. I tell you today, church, I have need of everything. I need more of his love. I need more of his mercy. I need more of his grace. I need more of his compassion. I need more of his forgiveness. I need more of his spirit. I need more of his revelation. I need more of his knowledge. I need more of God. I need more of his heart. I need more of the heart of God in my heart. I need more of the thoughts of Christ in my mind. I need more of his love. I need more of his patience. I need more of his peace. I need more of everything that God is. I need more. But I'm not settling with just saying I need more. I'm going to read word for word, scripture for scripture, commentary for commentary, definition for definition. I have a need, and I'm going to seek until I find that need met. I'm going to take all the furniture out and I'm going to get that light and that feather and I'm going to find out where the yeast is. I'm going to go in every corner because he doesn't want any yeast in my life. He don't want any yeast in, in my house. So I'm going to search every corner and I'll, I lost the coin. So I'm going to go through every corner of my house until I find that which means so much to me. I'm going to look for it and look for it and look for it. I can't go, I can't get ahead. I, I, I can't go on if I can't find what I lost. It means so much to me. Uh, that first love means so much to me. That, that, that peace and joy means so much to me that excitement about getting with the Lord in the morning and praising him at night and, and saying his name when I wake up in the morning worshiping him and praising him getting excited about souls again getting a compassion for souls again getting excited when I hear somebody's gotten healed and somebody has gotten their provision made all these different things it just all of a sudden starts getting on the inside of me and I start rejoicing with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep and I start seeing there's a need for me to get more in this area more in that area and Lord there's a need there so I'm going to seek you word until I can have it developed on the inside of me help me Holy Spirit to desire you more than even life itself I know that I cannot go forward anymore until I get what I need David said I desire you more than food David said I desire you more than sleep and when we the church Jesus says you want to overcome and sit on the throne with me repent for being satisfied and self-sufficient. Find out where you need to grow in the zeal for me. And let me bring you up higher to that place. Don't be satisfied where you are. There's more. Look at Jeremy and say, there's more. There's more. And that's what he's wanting to lead and guide us to into more with him. Now next week, I want to share with you, uh, next Sunday night, I'll share with you how, how to develop that zeal and how to grow. And uh, we'll, we'll get into more things because we, we want to satisfy God, don't we? Let's stand, please. We want to satisfy God in every area of our life. We want to be zealous about the things of God. We want to hear that, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. We want to strive. We want to run this race. We want to lay off the things that are slowing us down. Father, we come before you tonight and we humble ourselves before you, Heavenly Father. Holy God, Almighty, we humble ourselves before you and we ask you to anoint every one of our eyes that we may see the frailties and the weaknesses of our life. We pray for the desire, the zeal of God to consume us. That even as Jesus found it needed to go into a high place and be alone with the Father. That I must, I must do the will of my Father. I must pray. 
I must seek him. Lord, I pray that our desire grows with us seeing our need in areas to grow. That we repent of the areas that we have grown lukewarm in and we're compromised in. Forgive us for the areas that we have been judgmental and critical and we have spoken things against others and against our brothers and sisters and against ones that we should not be speaking against that we have criticized and judged when, Lord, we need to just judge ourselves. Lord, we open our hearts. Transparency tonight. We call for transparency tonight. That you show us the errors of our way. Help us to see where we have fallen. We need you, Holy Spirit, to show us what we need to do to be accepted by you. We do not want to cause your spirit to be grieved or quenched. We do not want to, to cause you to, to feel that nausea in our presence, but we desire for you to love to be in our presence as we love to be in your presence. Sanctify this place by your spirit and by your blood. Sanctify our homes that when you come into our homes, you desire to be there and you feel at home. May our homes and our cars and may this place and our jobs become a place, a haven, a place of rest, a refuge for you to come into and touch and minister to our lives. We love you tonight. Just raise your hands. Just tell them you love them right now. Just lead us in a course. And so we just want to just love on him a little bit. Let's just love on the Father. He's so merciful and low-suffering with us. Let's just worship him a little bit tonight. In the glory of your presence. Yes, yes, yes. Listen to these words. I find rest for my soul. Zealous about the things. I love, I love of his word, of his work. I love your presence. More zeal, more fire. I love, I love. 
fan the flame, fan the flame. I love you, Jesus. I love, I love. I love your presence. Just worship. Open your heart to in our eyes that we may see in our ears to hear as Jeremiah said I was not rebellious nor did I turn away but I heeded to the voice of my Savior for you have touched my lips and you have put your words within my mouth but that I may know the pathway that I am to take a pathway of life a pathway of blessing a pathway of peace I praise you that you have opened my ears that I may hear You've healed my heart that I may communicate with the Most High. I will take heed to the words of my Savior, my Lord. I will even hear the whispers of God, the whispers of the Spirit, the words of life, because I love your presence. I love your presence. Take not your presence from us. We will not go anywhere unless your presence goes with us. We desire your presence, therefore we desire to be red hot. We desire to be white hot with the presence of the Lord within and upon our lives.
all that's within me, bless his holy name. I exalt and worship the most high God. I glorify and exalt your word and your name. I praise you for the power of your blood, the provision of your spirit, the Lord Jesus. Just tell him I love you, Jesus. I love you. Fill me with your spirit. Tell him. I see my need, I see my wretchedness, I see my weakness. Therefore, I desire to be filled with your Holy Spirit. <laughs> I desire to be filled with your presence. Just raise your hands and receive Him. Receive the Holy Spirit. Or just open up your heart now and receive Him. Just receive Him now. <laughs> Just receive him now. Just receive him now. <laughs> oh, just receive him now. More. More, more of his presence. More of his sweetness. More of his love. More of his presence. His glory. living water rise within you. Let it arise. Let it arise. Let it arise. Right now, let it rise. Just get lost. Just enter into that river. Just get into that river. Let it arise. Let it arise.
Just tell the Lord that you're thirsty. And you want the hidden manna that's been hidden for you for this day. That you want the manna which is able to sustain you and strengthen you. That you may be sustained the strength of his word. Receive a word for your life right now. Let the Spirit of the Lord plant that word within your spirit that will sustain you through your life and through the days and through the trial that you're in. Receive that word from the Lord right now. Receive His rhema. Receive His rhema. The spoken word of God to your heart, to your mind. I love your presence. There's fullness of joy in the presence of the Lord. There's healing and provision in the presence of the Lord. And you've been made the temple of the Holy Spirit that His presence now dwells. The Word of God says that the fullness of the Godhead now dwells in you. The fullness of the Father and of His Son and of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in you. You are the movable tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. You are the carrier of the presence of God. You live a life experiencing the presence of God on a daily basis. You are the garden. You are that dwelling place. You are that place where the Father comes and He sups with you. He walks with you and He talks with you. You are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. You are the Holy of Holies. You are that precious place. You are the altar of the Lord. I love, I love. More than anything else. I love your presence. More than life itself. I love, I love. I want to get lost in you. I love your presence. Feel me. Spirit divine of the Most High. I love you, Jesus. Anoint my head with fresh oil. Oh, hallelujah! Thank you for touching you tonight. Thank you that thank you right now that this was a moment and encounter with Him. Just thank you that you're leaving this place different. Just thank you that you've received something from the Spirit of the Lord. It's not something conjured up by man. It's nothing that I said. It's nothing who we are. It's in who He is. And you bear His holy name. And He's chosen you to be the vessel that He moves and lives through. Receive a double portion of His anointing and of His presence. Receive healing. And in filling in your inner man, just receive it and take it with you. Oh, Lord, I'm satisfied. I want more. I want more. I want more. I cannot be satisfied with where we are now. We want more. The tangible, the tangible anointing of the Holy Spirit. The trueness and the fulfillment of the Spirit of God.
Hallelujah. Do you receive that tonight? You are the priest of the Lord, for he says, I have ordained you to be a priesthood unto me. Your feet, your feet, your feet is anointed. When you go back in your car, when you go home, you carry this presence with you. Wherever your feet tread, the presence of God will prosper. Wherever your feet tread, the presence of God will prosper. Wherever you walk, you lift up a praise unto the Lord. And the presence of God is going to grow and grow and grow. As you go throughout the week, you're not going alone, but the presence of God is with you. So just receive the presence of the Lord. Believe God right now that when you touch someone, the anointing of God is going to come upon their life. and It's going to impact them, going to change them, going to influence them. Pray that the spirit of the I am is upon you and that you're going to influence people with the oil of joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Just worship Him and praise Him as you go through your daily life as a priest unto the Lord God most high. Continue to sing and worship before Him on His holy hill. We bless you tonight. We bless you and we love you. Tuesday night's intercession, Wednesday night. As we continue the book of Romans. Carry this presence with you to your home and to your house tonight. Greet one another. Tell them that you love them. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. As they continue just to worship, just continue. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you.